Welcome to the Medical Menemist Podcast, your source for memory techniques and accelerated learning in higher education. Now, here's your host, Chase DeMarco. Welcome back, and today we are joined by Joel Ramirez, who is a vascular surgeon out of UCSF. He's also the director of medical tutoring at MedSchool Coach, and today we're going to discuss some of the tactics and tips that go into tutoring, how to know if you need tutoring, what services are provided by different tutoring companies. So today, I'd like to introduce you to Joel Ramirez. And Joel, maybe you could give us a brief description about what you do and what you have experienced as a tutoring director for Med School Coach. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chase. Super excited to be here. I think we'll, we'll have a chance to talk about some things that'll be really useful for a lot of people. Kind of my story is you know, I'm a vascular surgery resident at UCSF, but I'm someone who really benefited a lot from tutoring in college and then uh, really developed a passion for education and tutoring at that time. In college, I got involved with a lot of education tutoring, really enjoyed it, really found it really gratifying to work with students and to see people grow and kind of attain their goals. And so I continued to pursue that interest throughout medical school and even in residency. And I plan to continue doing so as a faculty member eventually. I plan on being heavily involved in medical education. And that's one of the reasons why I got involved with Med School Coach. So Med School Coach has been around for, I think, nearly 13 years, provides several services. One is pre-med advising. So helping people get into medical school, we've helped thousands of students get into medical school. We have an MCAT tutoring division, so we, we provide some pretty amazing MCAT tutoring through a large group of really gifted and talented students. We have a lot of MCAT resources as well that our students take advantage of. The role that I specifically play is I'm now our director of medical school tutoring, so I run tutoring for our medical students, and, and we provide a wide range of services, which include tutoring for clinical coursework, tutoring for shelf exams, step one or complex level one, step two CK, step three. Pretty much anything in medical school we provide tutoring for. I initially started off as a tutor for med school coach, and now I get the opportunity to kind of work with all of our tutors, lead our division, and make sure that we're providing our students with kind of the best experience possible. It's been really fun and really gratifying. That's an interesting variability there, I guess. I'm curious to know what you think some of the similarities or differences might be between, let's say, MCAT tutoring versus the STEP or the SHELF exam tutoring. Are there a lot of similarities that are generalizable for all tutoring students or some really big obstacles that might differ between them? Yeah, good question. I would say they're very different tests with very different content. What I will say is they're all really challenging. And, you know, I think the MCAT's a really challenging exam, specifically if you're someone who loves biology but doesn't really like physics or chemistry or, you know, even you would like reading English or all the, the literature stuff that they have in there. I don't know, it could be a real big struggle. I think one of the benefits of the medical school exams is I think the content is more substantial. There's a lot more content. Some of it's more difficult, but a lot of it's really focused on what most people are passionate about when they go to medical school, which is learning medicine, learning human physiology, learning how to diagnose disease, and learning how to treat disease. So I think in many ways, at least my experience and a lot of students' experiences, they actually enjoy these medical school exams and these board exams more than they did the MCAT because you get people who are like, well, I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm not good at physics and I, or I'm not good at these, all these language and literature questions, but I really love human physiology. I love the sciences. And I love learning about pharmacology. So I think studying for the medical exams is actually a little bit of a more enjoyable experience. Gotcha. So 
there are a lot of questions that I see frequently from other students regarding tutoring and just how to know if you even need a tutor or some of the expenses behind it, what's actually conducted during a tutoring session. So I want to go through some of these differences as we progress through the episode. But first, are there certain obstacles in particular that students might run into or things they can study on their own just to give themselves a boost before maybe requiring extra tutoring services? Yeah, I think the answer is probably different depending on where you're at in your path and what exam you're preparing for. When I think about tutoring in kind of a broad way, I, I think about it for, when I think about what students can get out of it, I think it's different for the position you're in. So some students are find certain parts of whatever they're trying to learn very challenging or it's something they feel very weak at. I think tutoring can play a really important role in addressing those weaknesses. And, you know, some people, we have a group of students who are trying to get a passing score, particularly within the medical school tutoring. They're having a hard time passing, whether that means they've kind of had a difficult time in medical school or they've ran into some challenges, you know, in their personal lives and they've found it difficult to progress through medical school. So sometimes we work with a group of students to get them to a passing score. And then there's another group of students who are kind of in the middle, but they have particularly, as far as like score and performance rise, but they have particularly aspirational goals. And this probably applies to MCAT students as well, or pre-med students. So if you're somebody who is doing okay on the MCAT or okay on your board exams in medical school, step one or step two, but you really want to get to that next level. You know, if you're a pre-med and you are from, you know, California or New York or something, you know that you want to stick around family or you have some sort of personal connection to the area and you know that those schools are generally more competitive and they require higher board scores, higher MCAT scores, then you could really benefit from that extra boost. And same with medical school. If you're somebody who knows they want to become you know, a neurosurgeon or something in California, then those numbers just tend to be higher. And I think that those students can really benefit from an extra boost with tutoring and kind of the extra help to get them to that next level. When you're reflecting on your goals, I think it's really important to kind of understand what you want to get out of tutoring. Are you somebody who is hoping to get to a passing score? Or are you really hoping to kind of take it to the next level? And I think understanding your goals and expectations can be really useful in determining whether you're someone who could benefit from tutoring. Yeah, I know personally, I have had a lot of trouble with some of these exams, with the large standardized board exams. And even through the past year and a half, two years of really studying how we learn, of all the interviews I've done on the show, of my educational psychology degree, it's still very difficult sometimes to reach the scores that you're trying to reach. And a lot of that is just not necessarily being able to pinpoint some of your weak points. You might be really good at this subject and really bad at that subject, but why? Is it a comprehension thing? Are you doing something in the testing process itself? And I know that's something that we wrote about in Read This Before Medical School with my co-author, Greg Rodden, who is now also a tutor at med school coach. And some of those things are just really difficult to discover on your own and might be a good reason to explore some of the different tutors out and really get to the next level of your test taking. It's hard to tell. I think even when you get a tutor, sometimes it can be hard to tell where somebody is having some challenges. I think there's a few things that we look at. I think the first is we look at your past experiences. I specifically work with people in medical school. By the time they get there, a lot of them have a really good idea of how they learn or how they struggle. They've gotten that far. They have a good sense of kind of their learning habits. And so oftentimes a student will know. I think in the big picture, these are just really, really difficult exams that cover a lot of content. So there's kind of two ways to look at this. The first is the content. So 
you have to learn and really understand the content on a deep level. And that's really affected by a lot of things. That could be affected by your medical school education. How well were you taught these things? How much did you study during those first two years? And then the second really is, can you take that knowledge and apply it to a very tricky and very difficult multiple choice exam? So you can have people who really understand the content, but they have a hard time applying it to these questions. And then you can have people who are really good at working through multiple choice questions, but there's clear knowledge gaps. And so we try to identify which one of those is kind of holding the student back. And there's different things we can do to kind of address those. For some students, it's a combination of both. And sometimes it's not always quite black and white, but I think in general, most students can improve on a little bit of everything. And kind of what you're getting at is these really astronomical scores that people are shooting for, for things like the MCAT or step one or step two CK. People come to us and they ask, well, what's important? What do I need to know to get this? And when you're really looking at those scores that high, everything becomes really important, which is really difficult because it's hard to know everything for these exams. And I think people who score well in these exams are people who kind of have tried to learn absolutely everything they can. They become really good test takers. The combination of the two plus a big dash of luck is really what gets people to a high score. Yeah, there's just so many factors that play a part there. And I know that's been an issue for me is just trying to keep everything on the top of your mind as you're going through a question. And these question sums can be very long and you might accidentally forget this key point that made a big difference in the answer you chose. And you have about 90 seconds to answer this really long question. And it can be really difficult and really challenging. And there's different ways you can train you know, a brain to think fast or to get used to that. It's quite challenging. Okay, so someone decides, you know what, I think I need a tutoring service. I need to find a tutor, whether that be to just pass as many students are at, or if it's to get a certain score for a certain residency that's very competitive. What can they expect at that point if they were to choose med school tutoring? Our MCAT division is similar, but slightly different. So I'll focus specifically on the medical school tutoring aspect. So the very first thing is it requires some self-reflection. So how am I doing... What are my goals? And can I reach my goals with what I'm doing? So my performance through medical school, my performance on practice exams, is this going to help me get to whatever my goal is? And you have to kind of set your own goal and your own expectation. And that should reflect what is consistent with you. You know, so if you're someone who wants to do, again, a really competitive specialty in a really competitive geographical area, then you're someone who would kind of intrinsically increase your own goal and your own expectation. And then the bar changes. I think the next thing is, reading about our services, you can find more information on medschoolcoach.com. But what we offer is personalized one-on-one tutoring. So we take our students, they sign up for a package. It's usually some sort of uh, certain number of hours or sometimes just one hour to get started. Then we have them fill out an intake form. The intake form has a lot of, it requests a lot of information about them. So how has their medical school experience been so far? How have they scored on their practice exams? What their weaknesses and strengths are? What kind of learning styles they have? And more questions, but questions along that line. And if you're not sure about these things, you're not sure if tutoring is right for you, you can actually work with our enrollment team and they can actually connect you with me and I can actually do 15-minute phone calls with students. So sometimes people don't know if tutoring is right for them and I'm more than happy to talk with them on the phone and see if it would be helpful for them. We take that intake form, which gives us all the information that we need, and we use that to pair them with the tutor. And so the tutor you get paired with is really kind of dependent on what exam you're preparing for, what your timeline is, what your availability is. The student then works one-on-one with the tutor 
to work on things that they find challenging. And this is really different for every student. I think some students know what is difficult for them. Some people will be like, I'm really struggling in this area, or I really need help with questions. A lot of students come to us and say, hey, I don't know what I need help with. All I know is I need 10 to 20 more points. Help me get there. And that's really what our tutors are good at. Our tutors can work with our students. And the first session is usually spent getting to know the student and trying to understand their kind of learning habits a bit more, learning what their path has been like, and then essentially addressing things that they think that they can improve, and then creating a plan with the tutor to use the rest of their tutoring hours as they move along. I would say that those tutoring hours look different from student to student, but I would say for the most common situation is it's going to be some sort of combination of content review and question review sessions. So essentially the student will tell the tutor, I, these are things I struggle with. The tutor then makes lessons for that student. I think the really nice thing about this is it's one-on-one tutoring. So you get one-on-one attention, which makes it much more efficient and, you know, quote unquote, high yield. You're not running through all of cardiology with 30 other people in which maybe you understand half of it, but the other students don't understand the other half that you're really focusing on things that you find challenging it's a way for you to be more efficient with your time what those sessions look like and how long and how many that's really variable per student is going to be a little different depending on their timeline whether they're taking the exam in one month or sometimes one or two years i was doing some research on different tutoring services out there a couple of years ago wrote a blog post about this and i was really surprised at a couple of factors that the expense was a lot more than I thought it would be. And some people that is perfectly fine and some, you know, it's a little bit more of a struggle for. And a lot of them just didn't offer even a free consult. So there's no way to really know if that was going to be a good option for me. Do I want to spend a couple thousand dollars and maybe get no benefit from it? Like, how am I supposed to make that decision? That is a good reason to have these types of discussions so we can better guide students so they can make those decisions so they can see what questions they should ask, what topics you'll go over. Like, is there a lot of pre-test preparation type material? Is it focused on testing skills? Is it on the knowledge gaps itself? And what types of things they can do before a session to maybe prepare better and make sure they get the most out of each session. So all of that being said. (laughs) It is an expensive service. And I think the reason it is is because the tutors that we have are really in high demand. There are people who have scored really well on these exams. They're amazing educators. They're really talented people. I think that the services they offer end up being highly valued. I think certain students, tutoring is right for certain students. It's not right for everybody. And I think, you know, trying to figure out if it's right for you, your situation, the important thing to do. And like I said, if, if you're really not sure, you can go through our enrollment team and I could speak to somebody on the phone, and every time I speak to them on the phone, I don't always recommend tutoring. I recommend what I think the student would benefit most from. But that's really why I'm here. That's my goal. When you're looking at the big picture, you're looking at paying for tutoring, which you know could be several thousand dollars. When you look at how much money you're investing in medical school, it really can be a drop in the bucket, especially when you're looking at the potential opportunities that it can offer you, which again, it's really important to understand your goals because If you're someone who will not be happy in life unless you're a dermatologist or an orthopedic surgeon, then getting a high board score is absolutely paramount because you're investing a lot of money to go to medical school. And if you know that this is the only thing that will make you happy in life, then you need to do well in school and you need to score high on these board exams. And in those situations, it could be a wonderful investment that can pay financially and emotionally for the rest of your life. In that case, I think it's a good investment. The same with people who are struggling to pass. 
if you've made it through medical school and you don't pass and you can't make it through medical school, then you've invested a lot of money into an education, which if you don't have a degree or don't have a residency program, is really going to not yield any kind of emotional or financial benefit to you. So I think in those situations, putting in the extra money up front and putting yourself in a position to really reap the benefits in the future actually makes it a really good investment. I think the next is, you know, understanding whether you're someone who would benefit from tutoring or not is again, kind of a reflection on your own goals. And then, like I said, if you have any kind of additional, you know, questions, I can speak to students through our enrollment team and to kind of nail things down. Okay. So what are some things that are covered? Is there a lot in like prioritization and efficiency, like the pretest? Is it on test taking skills itself, like picking out the right points, the key points of everything and trying to minimize the distractors? Is there a lot more on the knowledge gaps itself? It's kind of a mixed bag. What content is covered in a session? I'm sure this varies depending on the student's needs. I would vary depending on the student's needs. I would say the first and the most obvious is content review. So if someone goes, hey, I don't understand heart failure, or I think I understand these topics, but I always get these questions wrong. And so that kind of really says that there's some sort of fundamental misunderstanding on the concepts. And then it's so much easier to learn something when someone is teaching you one-on-one. I think in medical school, we're so used to a lecture and then 150 students, or maybe a small group in which there's one educator and then there's 12 of us. But to get someone one-on-one really becomes invaluable. It's really easy to get your quest to ask questions and to get your questions answered. And it's really makes for a much more interactive and engaging lesson. So our tutors are not just putting up a slide deck and talking for an hour or two. They're making engaging lectures. So they're asking you questions. They're getting you involved. They're having you participate and they're making the teaching a really active session, which I think is really important and really useful when we're thinking about learning challenging concepts and retaining challenging concepts. So learning them in an active way can be really useful. That would be something like content review. As far as questions, I think at the most basic level and up front, it's, you know, how should I be going about questions? So we can work with students to develop strategies to work through questions. And that's kind of very broad because there are certain strategies you can apply to all questions, whether you know the content or not, or you don't know the content. So that's some strategies we can offer. We really help with study planning and selecting resources. So if you're someone who goes on student.network and you're overwhelmed by all of these opinions about all of these resources and all of these study schedules, the opportunity for you to work one-on-one with somebody who will hear your story, who knows your timeline, who knows your situation, and they can offer you the best advice possible. I think what is interesting there is I do webinars with a lot of our tutors, and I would say across all of our tutors, they probably independently come to the conclusion that they all have like 85% of them all have the same or very similar approach to studying for these exams. And so it's interesting because I think that there clearly is a right way and a a wrong way to prepare for these exams. And all of these high scores independently kind of came to the same conclusion that, or at least 80% of the conclusion is that these certain strategies tend to work better and tend to yield higher scores. And then the last is, you know, when you're working through, we have what we call question and answer sessions. And so those are particularly useful because they can be very efficient and high yield. And the way they work is as you're moving through your studies on your own, you know, obviously students are spending a lot of time studying on their own still. They're making a list of things that they just couldn't figure out. So as they're going through their UWorld questions or their lectures, they tried to figure it out, they went through the textbooks, they 
went through Google, they went to you know Student Data Network or whatever, and they just couldn't figure this concept out. They make a list of them, they email this list to the tutor a couple of days before the session, and then the tutor will actually make lessons focused specifically on the questions. And so that's really great because if you don't want to spend hours tutoring, that's a really great way to spend one or two hours a week and get something really useful out of tutoring and really focused help. Definitely like that idea. There's, I can say after every MBME I've ever taken, there's a list of questions. I'm like, I don't remember ever hearing this before, or I learned it wrong. And right, and then you look through online, you try to find the answer, and then it's hard to find the answer. And even when you find the answer, you don't quite necessarily understand how they got there. There's things like that that we can really help connect those dots, and it's really those kind of experiences which help people score higher. I'm going to guess if we were to separate the typical students into the two categories you mentioned, those that are really going for a high score for a certain specialty versus those that are just trying to pass, that are maybe within five or 10 points of passing on their MBMEs or something along those lines. For that particular student demographic, let's say, are there any general rules or guesstimates that you could make as far as how many hours they might require in order to pass? Just to give a broad generalized idea. That's a great question. I get that question often. It's very hard to answer unless I've heard the student's stories. So let me give you a few examples. So there could be one student who is scoring, you know, like a 220 and they want a 250, but they haven't studied for step at all. And they've done really well in all their preclinical courses. And they just randomly took a practice test. It's really hard to know kind of where they stand. You know, if they haven't prepared at all for step one yet, and they've done really well in all their courses, you know, if we just put them on the right track, they might be doing much better. Versus if you have a student who, you know, has been studying for three months, and they're at something like a 220 or 230, and they're hoping to get to a 250, that situation can be much different. Because then that means, you know, there's a clear gap here, and they'll probably be pretty hard to attain those additional 20 points. What I will say is that we're really good at working with students to give what they need and nothing more. So at least with our services, getting hours, we make it really easy. So if you're unsure, I talk to students oftentimes who are unsure. You can always just give it a shot. You can get five or 10 hours, see how things go. Most of those students find it extremely valuable and then just keep getting more and more. All right. And then you said that for those that want to know more, that there might be some sort of free consult or webinar or something, or where could they go to find out more information? We have a lot of really great resources on our website, both medschoolcoach.com and Prospective Doctor. So there's a lot of really great blogs there, a lot of great webinars and videos that I do with the tutors. All this information is coming directly from these people who have scored really well and who are great educators. It's a pretty wide range of content. I encourage everybody, you know, if you're interested in tutoring or not, to go on there and really check it out, see if you could get something out of it. I hope that you can. If you're somebody who you know what your goals are, you know you're struggling, or you know you need extra help, it's totally reasonable just to go for it and sign up for a tutoring package. If you're someone who's not sure, then you can contact our enrollment team at roommedschoolcoach.com and speak with them. And they're actually a really spectacular group of people who are really familiar with a lot of these board exams, MCAT, and pre-med advising. So they run the whole gamut. So if you're a pre-med student, you can get a lot of help there. If you're an early medical student or even a senior medical student, you can get a lot of help from them and a lot of good direction from them. And for students who are still kind of really not sure what direction to go, they can get connected with me. And then I speak with people on the phone and I can hear their story only 15-minute consult, so it's, it's hard to get the full picture, but I can get a good general sense of where students are coming from and where they want to go and how we can help them get there. 
Perfect. And they can set that up on medschoolcoach.com. Through our enrollment team, yeah. So they end up speaking to our enrollment team first to get their kind of advice and their kind of guidance, and then they go from there. Do you have any last-minute thoughts or resources to share with the audience? Not specifically. I do really want to encourage people to go check out Prospective Doctor. There's a lot of great information on there. If you're a pre-med or a medical student, there's a lot of really great information there. And I think when you're thinking about tutoring, is a lot of it is self-reflection and understanding your goals. If you're able to understand how you've done and when I got tutoring, you know, in college, it was because I was struggling through a few courses. And I knew that I was bad at physics. I was bad at chemistry. I knew that was a weakness of mine. I knew it was going to be on the MCAT. So I knew understanding it in college was going to be really important for me to do, to score, get a decent grade in my class and then to do well on the MCAT. I really want to encourage people to think about it because I don't think tutoring necessarily is for everybody. But if you're thinking a big picture and you're thinking about investing in yourself, it could be a really good investment. And you know, more than 95% of our students are really happy with their services and would recommend this to their colleagues. So what that is telling me, the students are coming working with us, they're having an amazing experience and they're finding it really valuable, which is a really gratifying and rewarding thing to be a part of. I like it. Yeah. And anyone that's heard our past episodes on deliberate practice, that's a main part of it is eventually to gain insights from someone that knows more than you because at some point you're just going to plateau and you need some help to get over those bumps. Our medical admission advisors and our tutors, they go through this experience. And once you get to the other side, once you've gone through it, they feel like they have all sorts of information and knowledge that they want to share. So a lot of whenever I interview people, a lot of times they're saying, you know, I've learned so much from this process. And I feel like you could do so much better if I had a second chance. But, you know, they obviously don't have a second chance. What they want to do is they actually want to share this information with students. And so that's why we do a lot of these webinars and we make all these blogs because we feel like we went through this really challenging process and we want to make things better for other people and kind of make it better for the next group of students. Yeah, I think that's vital to just keep things moving. And as medical education just keeps getting more complex and so much more material and new data, new research all the time being added, we need to help each other get past all of these board exams and other obstacles on the way to becoming a clinician. It's a tough road. Being a pre-med is difficult Medical school is difficult. The board exams are difficult. Your clinical rotations, they're all challenges. And I think they can be overcome. And I think people can really thrive in them. But I think it's a lot about understanding how you're doing and how you can improve. Well, I think this has been an extremely valuable discussion. I think that really helps students better judge, self-assess if they might be interested in one of these services and what types of material it'll cover. And of course, if they want to find out more, they can go to medschoolcoach.com. And I want to thank you again, Dr. Joel Ramirez, for coming on the show. Absolutely, Chase. Thanks for having me. One great way to excel in your studies is to download our free PDF of study skills, memory techniques, and other fun tools that you can implement right away and begin accelerating your education. Go to freemeded.org slash medstudent to download our free essentials guide for Read This Before Medical School. You can also purchase the full book with all of our tips, tools, and advice. Read This Before Medical School at your bookstore of choice. And if you've already done that, please do leave a review at freemeded.org slash book review.